1: who have found ways to bring hope, healing, and freedom into places where trauma has impacted them? I'm Allie, author of *The Art of Healing Trauma*, and I'm here to remind you that life is sweet. Now, let's dive in and find ways to create our joy. Hi, this is Allie, and find your joy. And I'm very excited. We have uh, we're starting again. Now we're on part two. Do. With uh, the fabulous, the wonderful Auntie Kate, and you know, I <laughs> she is a marvel. She is a wonder. The magic, the magic that is me. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I'm going to. I'm going to. Um, because I, I do not want to at any time here forget to in, um, share with uh, with the listeners. Some of the amazing things now we've we have traveled to Hawaii together, and I would just like to go on record that if you go to Hawaii with Kate, she makes you learn Hawaiian first okay. of all, and I don't even just mean the cultures by the time you finish it she's going to make you say the words well, and- <laughs> you gotta know where you're going. <laughs> and it's okay because of my whole brain thing nobody expects me to remember david did quite well with it um so so that's quite spectacular you'll also um if if kate is your friend there will be many ways that you're blessed by her incredible um knowledge and passion And the way that you share it. And what what I'm going to share is a little just a very brief story. And then I'm going to ask you to share what you did. You and I were going for a walk one day, there may or may not have been a stop along the way. And there may or may not have been some libations involved. And oh say it isn't so um and then from that we decided to go and visit my mom who was still living and she was she was in um in a in a complex care place at that time she was um her you know her parkinsons and dementia had had progressed to that point but that isn't the part of the story that i wanted to share So we sat down with my mom, we sat around and we sang songs and we had fun and mom had some Kahlua there and we were having Kahlua with her and we're having a wonderful time. And then you gave my mom a Hawaiian blessing Uh and it was so beautiful. And then when my mom passed and at her celebration of life, you came and shared that Hawaiian blessing and you know, I, I'm going to tell you first that, that when Kate enters a room and she's about to give a talk and she enters with something like this, it 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 is so powerful. It just shakes you to your core in a very beautiful way. And I'm going to put you on the spot a bit here and ask if you would be willing uh, to share that or at least we'll chat for a while and you can warm yourself up and move into it later. But that's your call. Well, it's it's not so much a blessing as it
0: is a welcome. Okay. So, which is a blessing in its in its own way. It says um that this is the sight for which I have longed, and now that you have come, love comes with you. Look upon me graciously with love. And it goes something like this. Oh no na ye tahame he Hey no, no, ya no. Oh da un we I know ineho yo tati my uh hiki my no to hitipuno metelo Aloha Alohay Aloha Thank you
1: thank you Mahalo well, hello, my friend. You're welcome. And I think that one of the things about that that's um, is that's just so much a part of who you are. This is, you know, we talk about finding our joy. The thing that find that where you find your joy is so much in your heritage, in studying it, in sharing it with your with your with your nieces and nephews, and and those that are coming behind you, so that so that they will understand it. But when you when you, um, <laughs> when you, when you speak those words, when you sing that song, when that, when those phrases come out there, it, it's, it's so, it's very, very powerful. And, and I know that more than once I've been in a room when you've done that, and there is, there's not a dry eye in the house, let me tell you right now. It's <laughs> not supposed to make you cry. I <laughs> welcome you. <laughs> it's, it, it touches our hearts. It touches our hearts. And I, and I think that the, um, that your deep connection and your deep passion with it is, it is part of what, you know, they're tears of joy. There's no sadness involved. It's um, it, it just feels um, it. I feel honored to be in the presence of that. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it is for me. And I, and for those who have shared with me after, you have shared something like that. That it 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 was, it had a a large impact on us.
0: Well, I I think I, I remember it was Christmas time one year and we were having a Christmas pageant. Everybody had to bring some sort of talent, something. The song the little seltzer down your pants, whatever. And and I thought, oh, what a cop out, because I I I put on my boomer, and I I think I had a hakule on, and I I came in. And I I did the chant and then I told a bit of our history. And I thought, what a cop out. (laughs) Everybody else was doing songs and dance. And
1: I just got up there and talked, but I, I think I grabbed the crowd. You you grabbed the crowd and they still talk about it. That was, I think that was our our first pageant, and that was, you know, over a decade ago for sure. And people still talk about that. Oh, wow. Grown men talk about it with tears in their eyes. <laughs> it was, it was like that. It was, it was, you had us, you had yeah. us then there was, there was no turning back for any of us. That was very much how it was. I, I,
0: I think what cinched it was the moon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It had to be the moon. moon. Yeah, it was my turn. I disappeared. Okay. Just a minute. And I think I had David. Oh, I even danced the hula. Yes, I think I so. You up a song.
1: Oh, yes. I, 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 you know, I'm sure that I'm sure there's video cut to the video, Johnny. No, I, <laughs> I'm sure there's video there too, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a really powerful thing. It, it's a really, you know, that just made me, that just reminded me of something else. I had a really good friend um, who she's passed now. She had ALS, a very, you know, mm-hmm. awful disease, but She made it to her 50th birthday. And for her 50th birthday party, she wanted to have a a luau of sorts. She wanted it to be Hawaiian in theme. And um, well, I'm going to back up a little bit here. So after my accident and I couldn't do music and all these things again, you brought me an ukulele and taught me how to play it because it's a gentle instrument. And you said, maybe you could do this. And I, I did, I became ukulele addicted. I mean, it was just... But for that particular... And this is something... This is how deep it goes another level because you... um, We wanted to figure out something to do for our friend and you taught me a song in Hawaiian. I sang it in English with a little bit of Hawaiian in it. I played ukulele and you taught me the hula for it. And I taught there was like a lot of people there, you know, like 20 people who, whoever, there was like 20 people who were coming to this party for our friend Liz. And I, and I taught them all this. And I still, I still remember, I know the the symbols of it. I know if I'm doing the hula, oh, 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 can't let your arms go up above your shoulders. I mean, there's all these things I remember, but that, that was, that was just an, you know, that was another way that you gifted your heritage, heritage and culture to other people. Now, you had a gig that day with Auntie Kate and the Uncles of Funk and you couldn't make it, but you taught me how to do it and I brought it there. And it's still, um, people, you know, again, that's many years ago now and people are still like, they're talk about it because <laughs> it was um, such a beautiful thing to share. Not that and I... Don't, share- and don't forget the spam fried rice. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That is so funny because so, so if you don't know, and you're listening spam is a, and and, okay, that we're going there next, but right now I'll tell this little wee bit of the story is that spam's a big deal in Hawaiian culture. (laughs) And so, when we we're going to this Hawaiian thing. Kate says to me, Well, you can't have a Hawaiian party without spam fried rice. And I thought, Spam fried rice? Dear Lord, what is that? And so Kate taught me what it was. So I made spam fried rice and I cooked it up and then I put it into a very large crock pot, thinking, You know, I would be taking home with me a very large crock pot of Spam fried rice. It was like almost licked dry. It was there was I basically didn't even have to wash it. Practically, people just loved it so much. And people still say, oh, my God, that's Spam fried rice. (laughs) It's a guilty pleasure. It is. It's just, I am so funny. So you, you know, your family, one of the many things that the fabulous Roland family does. Tell us about your, sp- <laughs> your spam nights. All things spam. Tell us about that.
0: <laughs> we had a spam cook-off one time. <laughs> Everybody was going to bring their own spam dish, right? Yeah. And then we would vote and see who who had the best dish but then I started thinking I thought if everybody brings a spam dish that's like seven cans of (laughs) spam so so I we we pared it down and we drew names out of the hat and three people would bring a spam dish and I made uh, musubi which is it's sort of like it looks like sushi it's got a big lump of rice and then you pan fry about a quarter inch thick piece, slabs of of um, spam with um, soy and, and brown sugar, so it's got that glaze to it. Okay. That goes the rice and like this is all the shape of the the can of spam too. Put <laughs> it in there, and then you wrap it with um, nori paper, which is um, the, the dried seaweed. Okay. Yeah. Strip of it, and you wrap it around, so it looks like this little piece of, or little. It's, it's a size of a can of spam sushi. So I made those and I gotta say I won hands down. <laughs> it's unfair because that's that's it's a real real big dish in Hawaii. My sister Josie made they were she she rolled them into balls and panko crumbed them and deep fried them. Spam. Oh my goodness. And my sister her twin sister Marina it was, it was innovative. she cut it up into little cubes pan-fried it till it was crispy and then put a the, the glaze on it brown sugar and made it sweet and she put it on over ice cream. oh it was delicious oh my goodness <laughs> oh yeah spam oh, I love spam I got a can of it I always have a can of it in my cupboard. Never go without
1: spam. I just finished the can of last week. There's <laughs> so it, it, It's so funny. We, you know, I remember as a kid, I mean, nowadays you just don't, other than, I mean, I didn't think I was even going to be able to find it when I went to go that day, but oh no, spam's still around. You know, when I was a kid, spam was, I, spam was in our house. It was it around a lot of people and it yes. was, just, yeah, you could stretch yeah. it. So what other types of things now you just had a big family reunion mm-hmm. in August where there was much, much, um, much celebration of your Hawaiian culture.
0: Yes. We, we, we had the, the um, First Nations and Hawaiian all, all rolled into one. We had a big banner across the, the deck that said uh, Pow Wow Luau. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Mostly I, I dealt with the, the, the family history stuff so that, there was over 120 people there, I think, over 100 anyway. And so a lot of them were coming to me, how we related, you know. Again, that that it, it's like the Uncle Paul syndrome. We used to go back to him and ask him, so, Uncle, how are we related to so-and-so? And he'd roll his eyes and he'd say, I told you. And then he'd start at the beginning again and tell the whole story. But for me, at the family party, we have cousins like our Our family tree is is a big mishmash. There's like, for instance, my grandmother, Matilda, had a child very young that her sister raised. And then she had two husbands and had six children with one, nine children with the other. Oh, my. Those two husbands were half brothers. So so there's that mix now. Now they're brothers and sisters, half brothers and sisters, and they're probably first cousins too. Right. And then her she had two daughters from these two half brothers so they're half sisters and they married into another kanaka family to two half brothers so it's oh. just this jumble of a tree so i have i have come to know all of that like uncle paul did and now when they come to me it's 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 my koliana to explain to them this is how we are related to that person wow and- and then I go through the whole story for them. I just met a girl here in this building uh, last week. I was doing laundry. And I walked in, and she was there. She would already had her laundry in. She was just reading a book. And she looked at me, and she said, are, are you Kate Rowland? And I said, yeah. And she says, I think we're related. And I went, oh, okay, how? Her mother was my first cousin, Myra. Myra died when she was fairly young, and her three young children sort of they got into the system, and I just I lost track of them, and then now here she is.
1: So isn't to know the history? <laughs> isn't how fortuitous that that she would be in that building, and now, now um, maybe explain a little bit. There's on in the the First Nation Indigenous side of your family, um, there. There wasn't great records kept in the time because because the people the, the government didn't value. I, it, would that be a fair way to to, to explain that?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there was many reasons, but that was probably one of the biggest. Like, you know, I'm I'm sure the record keepers are sitting there and what's your name? And if it was a name like Fey I'd say huh <laughs> right we will call you bill <laughs> right you know it was it was simple things like that so the, the names changed with each uh, enumerator they, they took the censuses once every 10 years um up until 1911 1921 something in there uh, before they did it yearly and so in right. 10 years a lot can change and now there's a different person record keeper there so they're starting from scratch who all lives here. My my uncles or Jimmy was my grandfather. Okay. My grandfather and my great uncle in nineteen eleven were enumerated twice on the same census because they were in the Naimo Oh geez. They first got or actually here on Salt Spring or over on Salt Spring when they first and then by the time they had gone to stay with their grandparents on Main Island, now the enumerator's coming through there. Who's here? So the record keepers of the day or the records themselves, are, are, it takes a lot to, to wend your way through them and see and notice things like that. Well, that's the same family. They've just moved locations. If right. they come through, my grandfather lived on Portland Island, great grandfather with my grandmother Matilda. Portland Island is just out the mouth of Fulver Harbor. So sort of if you go between Swartz Bay and Salt Spring, it's about halfway. By Piers Island? Um, uh, Pat, well, from Swartz Bay, Pierce Island, then Portland Island, then into Fulford Harbor. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so if if the record keepers came through then doing the census and you weren't home because they 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 traveled, they did crabbing season up uh on Hornby Island, uh, and they would pick berries down in Lummy and they would do fishing up the Fraser River. So they weren't always living at home, right? If the guy came along to see who lived there and there was nobody home, you didn't even get enumerated. He was just not on the list at all.
1: So, so that makes so for for many reasons that that there's challenges in that, especially generations later for someone who's trying to figure out trying to put the timeline together. Right.
0: Everything that is recorded, whether it's written in a memoir or a census or a birth or death registration, all that stuff you can put together like a timeline. You can see they were here in 1881. They were here in 1891, you know, so you can put that timeline together and then the oral history for the most part, will tie that together, but there's always these gaps that you sort of have to speculate. Like what were they doing? Where were they, were they there? And they just got missed out on the, on the record. Right. And the names were changed. Oh boy, the the First Nations names. I I have no idea who my my great grandmothers were. They were native women, Indian women, but they don't they were given names. One was called Annie Fisher, one was called Catherine Brown on my dad's side of the family. And that's just the name that they gave them.
1: Right. They just for whatever reason that's what they chose because it worked for them. But whoever was
0: Yeah. Fisher, Her father might have been a fisherman. So we're calling them fishers. Brown is a family on Cooper Island. They were named Brown because their skin was brown. Right. Simple as that. But then you have to, as you, as the researcher now, you have to go, okay, uh, that's not the right name. But then you look at all the other names that are enumerated with them or the family that was in the, in the house before them. And then them, you know, and you go, okay, that's the right people right something else
1: it's it, it's um it's quite a web mm-hmm. to to try to it's it's why well, this is like uh 10 strings of christmas lights shoved into a bag <laughs> where's the beginning where's the plug in Yes. Yeah, how, how do you do you unplug them so that you can separate them and then put them back together later like it's it, it, the similarities are quite Quite bizarre, actually. But it, yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's a lot.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably the main reason why I've chased down my Hawaiian roots, because I know a lot about them. Right. All because of my grandmother talking to Uncle Paul. She told him everything she knew, and it all stemmed from her family line, which was the Hawaiian end of things. She did right. not know her mother, her her Indian mother. Uh, she either died when she was very young or in childbirth. That's again oral history. So she didn't know her at all. So oh, she had nothing man. to share that. But she knew her father. She lived with him on Portland Island. She knew. She spoke of his father, John Cox now come She spoke of him. She she called him the old man. She spoke of him or old Cox. And that's before we knew that his. They called him John Cox. So right. Talk. Oh, interesting that name that's not what does that name. even mean yeah but it was years later we found out the connection to uh him being named after one of the the shipmates of his that they called it john cox he's he's quite a character john cox now he's uh they're um in fort vancouver now there's, there's a lot to fort victoria or fort astoria fort vancouver all, all that area but uh, he ended up his living out his life in Fort Vancouver, and now where was I going with that?
1: Um, were your your grandmother?
0: She didn't know. Yes, she called him the old man and old cock. She never met him. He died in 1850. She wasn't born till 1877. Okay. Oh, so it was her father telling of his. Father. Oh that's when he related his dad. John Cox now kind of used to tell him about he was at the killing of Captain Cook as a, as a little boy. Uh, he had stories like that, he told. Wow. And so that, again, is like oral history. But when you look back into the history of it, he could have been there. He could have right. To sort of go. A friend of mine, I, like I'm, I'm like an armchair genealogist. I, I didn't take any courses, and I don't understand the DNA and all that. But uh, I've had people who are genealogists. They talk about these things that there's this preponderance of evidence, which yes. just mean, <laughs> which just means that what you do know has to become like the main source because a lot of it wasn't written oh, down.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So with this uh with the stories from John Cox and O'Connor, that's sort of your your preponderance of evidence. We're told he told those stories that did actually happen. So chances are
1: he was there. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's 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 a lot a lot to go through and a lot to um to try to sort out exactly um what matters, and what's truth, and and what's a myth, and and maybe a myth is truth, and you that just that we don't know enough about
0: yet. Well, that's right. I, I put the, together the timeline, and I've I've searched for years and found dates and names, and you know where where everybody was at what time, and then you find these gaps. Okay, so now if there's no oral history regarding those gaps, it's sort of like okay, what was happening? Around them at that time, Mm -hmm. pig war happening was uh, they draw the border through the Gulf Islands and the Samoas. You you find out those sort of things, and then then you have to sort of make the story fit. And that's where it can be gray area because you don't have any proof of it. All you have is is how it fits into the timeline.
1: It's a lot. So it's a lot to try to. To try to sort it out. I, I get that. Like, you know, just the very tiny bit that I found out about my family. I've got very excited when I did because it was it was a gap that no one else could have f- filled in for me. Right. Right. So it's and, and how much have you sifted out in your many, many trips to Hawaii? Was there more that came to light for you? Like, we're going to Scotland in in May. Very excited about that. Um, But were your trips to Hawaii, that there have been so many of, um, was there more information that you were able to find out in some of those? Was that helpful?
0: Um, It was. It was. um, But a lot of it I already knew. Mm-hmm. And there was the family, the no kind of family who sort of, we, we we decided to become family, but there was really no documentation um, to put us together. Right. They, they had a, a great uncle or a great grandfather, something who disappeared in the 1800s with the story saying he'd gone North. And then our our guys up here didn't go back, so it's sort of like, well, I ah, like, right, you know. And and as I said, they the, the indigenous people traditionally have like one name, right. So uh, it's not as if you have the whole family of Smiths, you know. Naokana was sort of a, a standalone name, you know. Uh, when it became a surname, of course, then I mean, we have the Naokana kind of families today. But back then, that far back, no, if it was Naokana, it wasn't like, oh, well, is that his uncle or his brother's? I know it was Naokana. Kind of.
1: So how then did did people identify a family? So that's interesting that you're saying that. So if so would it be um and I'm so sorry. I can't remember. You've, you've just said the name of the the twins and, and that, that the one twin was, was your um, third, great, great, great grandfather, but like, how, how would it go? So if a person had like, like somebody had six kids and you're, and you're going to, and you're going to identify that those six kids come from, no akana kind of, or, or 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 I'm just using that name because it's the only one I can pronounce um <laughs> it, it, there's there's the um, is there a way that they were were then um um somehow identified that way That's a good question i, I don't know how they would um-
0: re- uh, recognize the family group without just knowing that they were brothers and sisters right. Oh, uh, looking at that. That's something for me to to find out.
1: There you go. Yeah, because I I, I I just wondered. I mean, there there would seem that there need would need to be a way to be able to identify that. Mm. You know, if if say there was visitors coming, and they were to say, you know, who are these people? Well, these are. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. know. I mean, but, but maybe it isn't as. Maybe it wasn't to them. You know, if
0: a lot of the hawaiian um people when you go way back into their history their genealogy was was passed down through chants they chanted about the family so you know maybe that's how how it was rec- well not recorded but
1: i love that okay okay well i i just found out mm-hmm. that that's how they did it in scotland I, I just as soon as you said that i realized i had just I have in in my search and my the different things that I was doing. In fact, in the Battle of Culloden, when they were speaking Gaelic or Gaelic, however, you know, I pardon my not absolutely sure how to pronounce it because I've been told two different ways, both with authority. So, but um, going into battle, they went, they chanted, they were chanting and singing all of their ancestors. Now, part of that was the belief that they were calling on the ancestors to help them. So there was part of that, but also who they are, you know? So, and and that's what they were. And and that was, and I, I just, I mean, I literally found this out like two weeks ago that this was, uh, that it was done in Gaelic and it was, and it was the, uh, that one would chant sing of us or whatever it was. And that, and that the the British, who were coming to you know to colonize them um and well it, in that case, they were you know in a in a battle, they didn't understand why they were singing because they didn't understand what they were saying. they weren't mm. singing, they weren't singing like you know, you hear you know people singing as they're going off to battle or something like that, a, a marching song of sorts. no, it wasn't that they were they were calling on their ancestors.
0: There you go, and again, why it's important and, and to know who your ancestors were, what they meant to you. You call on their strength. You know they they were they were there. They've been there on and done that. Yes, and that information down to you, and now you take what you can and you pass it along to the next ones. Wow, and that's what they did. The Hawaiians held their their lineage in in chance. Um If if that was a way to, I guess that was the way to you know isolate each family. this is the chant about the Naokanas. this is the chant about the Kahananuis you know, I guess I'll have to find out
1: yeah it's it's very interesting to me and and you know it, it's funny I I um I you know, in reading this I see all many different beliefs and why some people don't want the people to call on their ancestry like that could be um considered whatever it could uh, be uh opposed to their faith if they're you know christian or whatever like i i've been reading about that like some of it was taken away because of those reasons like when the their language taken away and their beliefs taken you know the, uh, making it illegal for them to practice these things right but i i thought about it you know and if i'm going when i'm about to go into something and and this just simplifies it and brings it close tangible for me if i'm about to do something. And I remember my mom and I remember what my mom taught me about something like that. I'm, she's with me in that moment. It's very tangible. And if, and when I, and today would be my Nana's 136th birthday. Right. And so I was remembering the stories my Nana told me. So those stories that my nana told me are with me today very i feel very close to them today and and you know when coming through you know because my nana was alive for a few pandemics and and world wars and you know things that were you know catastrophic as they were right that were and and she and i remember her telling me this when i was little i was 11 when she passed but i i remember her telling me about these things and about, she said to me, you know, what you've, because um, I I mean, she, there was only horses, there weren't cars yet. 1887 she was born in. So she was like, there was horses, there wasn't electricity, there was no running water in the house, there was all of the, you know, there was, and then a big deal when there was electricity and they would gather around a radio and but yeah. that was, that was going in even, when, you, that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was, that was later, even like that, not as a child, that wasn't her experience. And I remember her telling me these things. And then when TV came and all this, and she said to me, um, as much as the world has changed and it's changed dramatically since uh, in in her life, she said, there will be even more change in your life like by there will you. And I thought, how could that be? Because we already have TV Nana. Like I, you know, I just, my little, my little child's mind. <laughs> no, no, going past that <laughs> Exactly. My little child mind couldn't, couldn't conceive of it. And I was, as I was thinking about her today and remembering those words, I thought, yes, Nana, that is so true. And so now I have my mom's words and I have my Nana's words and so I, I hold those things. So that helps me to understand when we're talking about the ancestors, that's, that's the strength I'm bringing with me today. That's my strength today. It's okay. That my Nana went through this. She, she made it through that. And, and, and my mom, my mom made it through TB and she, and she, and she, you know, and she's and so these, these things that happen and I, and then when you know the information going further back, that's the strength that we walk in. Oh, that's deep. That's, that's deep, deep, Katie cakes. You're getting, you're getting deep in there. <laughs> I know. It's like... I got my eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes exciting and it becomes real. Yeah. Our history. It's your
0: history. I remember in school, history was not my thing. I, I didn't, you know. But then they, they were... This type of history I talk about—the history of my people—that they were the pioneers of British Columbia before it was British Columbia. Yes, not taught in the schools. The school no. teach this part of history. They teach it from I don't know from when they built Fort Victoria or something. You know, I it'd be interesting to see, to open up a history book and see where they figure the history of BC starts. Right. Yeah. I You'll got there
1: long before. That. <laughs> I do remember in grade 4. Now, I'm, you know, I grade 4 was, you know, over 50, you know, whatever, 55 years ago or something like that. Now for me, kid, god, I'm old. How did this happen? But anyways, I recall because it was of interest to me. Um and and we didn't say First Nations at that time. It was native history. And and a chief the I, I grew up in Coquitlam, and the chief from the Coquitlam band came and spoke to our class. And I I I it impacted me, right? And 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 even the history that we were being taught in school, I don't really remember what it was, but I know that historically TV and and um native like Indian people at the time was what, was what we were, I, you know, I was this white kid that felt very detached from all of that. It felt very far away, but this man came and he was very kind and he was, and he was um, very well-spoken and wise and gentle. And, and he he told us things that all of a sudden Um, the Indian people that we'd only ever, us white kids had only ever seen on TV and, 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 and it had been, you know, kind of scary, right? Scary for us. Imagine what it was like for them, but that's another story. But, Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it got really personal and close. And that's, and, and that's, that was my first, um, well, no, because my dad worked, um, he worked um, doing things uh, for some indigenous tribes. And I can remember him, I remember being in the car with him and going to different uh, communities, reserves at the time was what we called them, but the reservation. So I, I probably had a little bit more experience around it, but I do remember it was grade four. So if you want, if we want to go and research, Go look. It was grade four. Miss Johnson was my teacher. She was very cool. And that, so we we can go research that. If it's still being taught in grade four, we we can, that's where we'll start.
0: I don't remember ever being taught anything about indigenous people going to school. My brother, John once said, he said, when he, when he first was going to grade one, he said, dad took him aside. And he said, if you don't tell them who you are or where you're from, they can't pick on you. So that was his first thought that like, oh, maybe we are a little different. Right. But we were brought up in in Fulford, on Salt Spring Island, in this community that was just inclusive. You know, you fit in. Don't rock the boat. Don't be an Indian. Don't be a Hawaiian. Just fit in. You're just part of the community, which is what my grandmother and my dad and all my aunts and uncles did very well. Um, It was... (laughs) It was different back then. We didn't. I, I didn't feel like it was um, any prejudice. Like you know, it was, we poked at each other for fun, but um, no, I, I didn't. I didn't feel any of that. And, the, and my uncles and and them, they all got sort of slid underneath the the, the wire with the residential school thing because, well, Salt Springs is not a reserve. They definitely were not raised on reserve. They were sort right. of right. All, all on their own and whether they came looking for them, I don't know, but uh, that's when they would play the Kanaka car, uh, card, you know, well, we're not Indians. We're, we're Hawaiians. We're okay over here. Yes. So, but in in a way it affected our family in that because grandmother wanted us just to fit in, don't rock the boat, just be part of this community. She didn't teach them the language or otherwise uh and a lot of the customs and things those were just like no they were put on the back burner don't don't even think about that they had little bits and things like we used to be sent out into the woods to pick stuff roots and leaves and things for poultices and and teas and things that we needed so a little bit of the history or, or custom would sneak in there but for the most part that door was shut
1: right she wanted to keep you safe yeah my dad and his generation Right,, and there is probably some wisdom in that,
0: well, you know if if we, the residential school thing was a scary thing, Yes. They could just take your kids, yeah you know? they,
1: they, I, they had reasons, I'm sure, but they weren't good ones, no, they weren't good ones. i don't i don't I don't know people coming and telling me about the about the great time they had, you know, I mean, it was some pretty hideous horrendous things that went on. Pick me, I'll go.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, there, there was schools like St. Anne's. I don't know if it was a residential school, but you had to pay to go there. They, I don't think they came and recruited you, or maybe they did. But, you know, if you agreed to go, I think you had to pay to go. So it wasn't as if they were just scooping up kids and taking them away to try and teach them the right way. Okay. But, uh, yeah,
1: it's an
0: interesting time
1: wow but, but the the thing that came through with it is that you you knew of your yeah. um indigenous heritage but weren't really able to partake in it a lot but you did just in your day-to-day life though yeah. you you lived that way that was your how how you lived oh, yeah. correct i'm meaning that as a question not a statement
0: <laughs> and we were you know i guess it was fortunate like i i look a lot, a lot like my mom rather than my dad so you could sort of get away with it might be a little browner than the other kids but you know i i didn't look the the typical right
1: right and so it was so so and so now when you're when you're doing research it's there's some there's some dead ends for you in terms of trying to research that side of it so you've stayed very much on the path where you could
0: yeah yeah I found a little bits and pieces uh, just in this last uh, five years or so. I found a little bit more about my mom's family, her birth family. She, my mom was also uh, adopted out or what she wasn't adopted. I think she was just raised by wolves. <laughs> <laughs> she did not have a good childhood, my mom. Oh, but, I'm sorry. <laughs> <her birth was laughs> I'm
1: not, I'm laughing. I'm sorry. I was laughing I at the raised by on.
0: wolves. I'm I It took years. She never, ever spoke about her upbringing, ever. And then she she had a stroke when she was 76 years old. And after she sort of was coming out of that recovery, she got her speech back a bit and everything. Then all of a sudden, the, the floodgates opened and she told me all about, oh, yeah, I knew my real mom and dad. All our lives, she told us she didn't know who they were. Had no idea. She wouldn't speak their names. So I, I've started finding out bits and pieces of her history. Her go back to her great, great, great grandfather. He was a, a guy from Fort Langley again with the Hudson's Bay company and mm. he, chief trader there. And he married not one, but three Indian women from the Kwantlen reserve. Now, I don't even know if Kwantlen is a nation still. They've sort of lumped them all together. I don't know how they've done that. Anyway, Kwantlen was the area they were called. And they, those three women. I have a couple of names now, but it's it's really just a dead end. But James Murray Yale, the guy for the Hudson's Bay Company, I've I've traced him back to six hundred BC or AD or whatever it's AD I guess not BC. And he was they were the Yales of Wales. I thought he was he was born Scottish his Scottish parents. But back, when you go back into that history, where were the borders for Scotland and Wales? and England? Right, right. But uh, he ended up being the Yales from Wales. And his uncle was the guy that started Yale University. Elihu Yale. And then so, there's this Yale locks, some big company that I knew nothing about, but um, that was one of his, his family things. So I'm, I'm starting to dig into my, my mum's roots a bit, but, it's interesting yeah it's amazing it's roadblock the English yeah. we can't go back too far with them that was on my grandfather's side and the Hawaiians they just it's an open book it was all written so I've got lots of information there
1: yeah and 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 I think once we connect to something then like you said with, with uh what is it 16 great grandparents I mean it, it that's it, look at the years it's taken you to dig out a this one path,
0: the history of one of them, yes, we all have sixteen great great grandparents, so if I was to choose another one, how far could I go down that
1: branch of the tree yeah Th- this is why people hire people to do these things. <laughs> what a good idea <laughs> <laughs> they do they hire people to do you can you can hire someone to do this, so and it makes and it makes sense so that you could i mean if you know if a person had the had the resources to do such a thing, but wow. Well, Kate, thank you so much. This was, this was this, there's just so much information. It's just endless. It goes, it goes on and on and on. And it, and it's, and it just shows a person that that if if you're interested and you want to find out about your ancestry, there's many reasons why. And there's, there are many resources. Yeah. 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 It's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And and um, is there any last word of wisdom that you'd like to? Is there anything that I don't want to be cutting you off here? If there's something that you'd like to be sharing here before I uh...
0: you no, know, I think we we've, we've touched on a lot of a lot of different uh, subjects. But uh, no, it's just I, I just I'm I'm happy to learn of my ancestry, and I'm happy to share
1: whatever I know with. Women. Mm interested you know yeah well we love hearing about it so thank you so much and and uh for those listening thanks for hanging out with us and uh, i hope that you go and explore a little bit more about where you came from and who your ancestors are and and whose shoulders that you're standing on that gives you this beautiful view that um that we all have now uh says ali
0: there's good and bad in that research too. You know, you have to be prepared that you might not hear
1: everything. Yes, hear. yes, I, uh, yes. But it's your <laughs> your I'm history. Scottish. I'm I'm finding in some things. My gosh! <laughs> now I know. Now I understand a little better about who I am and why. <laughs> well, you uh, be Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's 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 um that's some sage advice right there. That's some sage advice. Well, thanks for coming out, everyone. And this is Allie. Uh, thank you so much, Kate. I so appreciate you and, and uh, all that you've shared with us. Uh, and uh, so, this is what is this again? Oh, yeah, find your joy. This yeah. is <laughs> Allie, find your joy. Take good care and do know that you are loved.
0: Aloha ma ah ho. Oh, I
1: love it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye for now.